say the game is getting old. Monday morning and your coffee's cold. Life is not what you want it to be. You need another Hello everyone and welcome to a new direction. My name is Jay Izzo and wow. We have a very great but yet unique show today. I will explain all of why it's going to be great and unique, but it's going to be a great, it's going to be a unique show. And very, 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 very excited to do it, so I, I can't help but be totally excited about doing the show because it's going to be a lot of fun for me, and I think it'll be a lot of fun for you too. Actually, I know it's going to be a lot of fun for you because it's going to be a very interesting show. Look, uh, what a, what a great day! I mean, it's it's amazing, right? Every day is a great day. We need to be thankful and grateful for everything that we are uh, to be alive in this in this world and uh, get another breath of life. It's pretty awesome, and uh, so I think feel like gratitude is really important to start out. I need to just say thank you to uh, all the people who are downloading the podcast all over the world. Uh, thank you so much, and of course in the United States, thank you. And I need to say thank you to uh, the Yoke ninety three point five in Raleigh. North Carolina because they are now carrying this show. And if you want to listen, by the way, it's going to be, it's Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern time. So if you want to go to The Oak 93.5 and let's say, well, I don't live in Raleigh. How can I listen to 93.5 The Oak? Well, let me tell you what you need to do. You just need to go to oak935.org, right? It's oak, O-A-K, 935, the number nine, the number three, number five, dot O-R-G, okay? It's it's not a dot com, it's an O-R-G. So it's oak935 dot O-R-G. And uh, you can listen to my show Thursdays at 4 p.m. And then I think they're going to re-air it again later on in the week. I'll have more information on that as weeks go by um, of how that's going to exactly work. So uh, we are so grateful to um, the Oak 93.5 in Raleigh, North Carolina for carrying our show and then uh, replaying it weekly. So very, very grateful for that. So let's do what we do every week, right? And that is let's check in with you and see where you're at in your in your life. I believe that we are four-part people. We are physical people. We are mental people. We're emotional people and we're spiritual people. Now, I got to be, you know, I do this every week, right? Because I want you to check in with yourself because I really do believe that it's really important that you are not only holding yourself accountable to where you are at in these four areas, but I'm, I'm, I also want you to really pay attention to your numbers because what I want you to do is improve, right? And so part of the reason why I do this every week, people go, why do you do the same thing? Why is it? Th-? Well, the, part of the reason is because I'm, I'm really, the show's called A New Direction, right? And I want to help people find a new direction in their life or their career and their business. And part of doing that is helping people in every area of their life. And so I want to really be that person that kind of holds you accountable to yourself to say, okay, physically, where are you at on a scale of one to 10? One being miserable, 10 being outstanding. Where are you at physically? And and why are you that way, right? Why, it, whatever that number is, what, good or bad, right? Because why are you that way? And is there something that you can do to change it to improve that number immediately and for the long term? And many times I keep saying the same things, you know, get your hand out of the bag of chips, stop drinking sodas, you know, take a walk, whatever. But the, the truth of the matter is, if you want to improve yourself physically, right, there's, it's really a couple things, right? You, you, you eat right and you, you exercise, right? And so the fact of the matter is, you know, you have to ask yourself, you know, on a scale of one to 10 physically, you know, wherever you're at, are you eating uh, the right things. Are you eating those things and are you exercising? Both of those things have to work hand in hand because our bodies, you know, require uh, food just like a car requires gasoline 
and it requires and and the better the quality of gasoline the better your body responds and then at the same time you know we have these things called joints <laughs> we got to move them and keep them moving and we have this heart and this heart is the only one that we have and if we we've got to keep it in shape which means that we got to push it and we got to press it and we have to do things to exhaust it because it's it's just works the same way as any other muscle so you have to ask yourself you know on that scale of 1 to 10 1 being miserable 10 what are you doing in those areas right and and by the way I just want to say this. You can't go on something, right? A lot of people say, well, I need to go on a diet. Actually, that's wrong. You you are not going to go on a diet. What? Because when you say you're going to go on a diet, that means that you're going to come off of it, okay, at some point. What you need to do is you need to make a change in your lifestyle, right, which means that it's got to be permanent and because that's the only way change is really going to take place because you know what happens, right? People go on a diet. And you know what happens after they go off the diet? They actually gain back more weight or they are even worse than they were before. So you have to commit to a lifestyle change. And in all of this, by the way, I don't care if it's your physical, your mental, emotional, or your spiritual area, whatever it is that you are, whatever area in your life, you have to commit to that. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about commitment later in the show. But you have to be committed to it because it can't be something that you go on and then go off and then go on because that's the biggest mistake people make. And then, you know, here's the other thing. I have a, you know, my wife and my really good friend, uh, Judd uh, Weisgall is, um, they're, they're gluten intolerant, you know, and they had to figure that out. Right. And so now once they figured it out and they're eating the right ways, they're better. So sometimes, you know, again, it's food or it's exercise or it's both. Right. And so, uh, you know, those type of things are really, really important to your health. So pay attention to those. So where are you at? Scale one to 10. Right. Where's your health at? Right. And then uh, what are you going to do about to get to the next number? All right. Perfect. There's your physical. Then let's move on to the mental. And when we talk about the mental here, right, we're talking about the brain. What are you feeding your brain? And, you know, so often here I've said, you know, the show is great to feed both halves of your brain because the right side of your brain is creative and the left side of your brain is, you know, logical. But the truth of the matter is sometimes we just have to avoid putting things in our brain, right? So if the, the you know, scale one to 10 again, what the number is, sometimes we just have to avoid things. Like, you know, the truth of the matter is the news is the worst thing for you mentally. It really is not enhancing your brain. And matter of fact, what it's doing is it's creating you to make, instead of opening your mind to a decision, it actually closes your mind to a decision. And so you have to be very careful about the stuff that you intake into your brain. And I, so I really want to, you know, really get you to pay attention. What are you really listening to? What are you really putting into your brain here? right? That's really benefiting you. I mean, really growing your knowledge, really growing the way that you're able to think. What are those things that you're doing? And there's so many things that you get. There's so many good things out there that you could be consuming. So be careful what you consume, not just what you bring in, but there are a lot of really good things that are positive, that change your thinking, that change your thinking in a positive way that can alter your cognitive uh, your, your cognitions in your brain so that what you're doing is you're having a more positive outlook and that you're, that you're working both halves, the creative and the logical side. So we have a, what's your number between one and 10, one being miserable, 10 being outstanding. What is that number for you? Okay. Third area, the emotional area. And I talk about this a lot, you know, about the emotional area because you know, our behavior is driven by our emotions. A lot of people try to say that's not true. And, but the fact of the matter is if you think about the last thing you bought, you you purchased, it was probably emotional on some level. And you go, how can that be? Well, even toilet paper is emotional, okay? Your purchase of toilet paper is emotional. And you go, no, it's toilet paper. 
Well, let me let's go back here, right? If you have ever been into a bathroom and there's no toilet paper, yeah, it gets pretty emotional, doesn't it? If you, if you don't if you don't have any toilet paper there, all of a sudden it starts to get a little it starts to get a little bit um, it starts to get a little bit emotional, doesn't it? That you you, you go I, I right there's no toilet paper right, and it is right. I mean, we want to the, the way we hold a pen, we buy a pen because we like the way it writes or like the way it feels. We buy a car because we like the color or the style. We we do a lot of things. It's all based on emotion, and so our emotions drive us so much in our decisions. And and so part of it is, you know, how well are you able to control the, your emotions, right? How, how well are you able to like, you know, I found myself today in traffic here in Raleigh, and I found myself today in traffic, and I was irritated. I, I found myself getting irritated because somebody was driving really really slow, and I said to myself, you know, I I I don't. Why am I irritated at that? Why am I irritated that it's 45 and somebody's driving 25 miles an hour? Why does that irritate me? Why is it so important? And I and I think it's because sometimes what we feel is we feel like I have to be somewhere. And you're we now blame the guy in front of us. You're holding me up, right? But what we're not thinking about is, you know, what if the guy's lost, right? And so he's just trying to be careful, right? Well, that's a great point, right? I mean, there's a lot of reasons that it could be and it's going to be outside of ourselves. So and, and then the other piece is, you know, how well do you really relate emotionally to another person? For those of you uh, out there who are in relationships, right? I mean, the fact of the matter is your relationships are largely going to be determined by how well you're able to tune into each other's emotions. And if you can't do that very well, well, certainly then, you know, emotionally you're not doing well. So so how well are you doing emotionally all the way around, right? You doing okay out there, right? Scale of 1 to 10, 1 being miserable, 10 being outstanding. How are you doing emotionally? All right, got it. Good. And then the final piece is the spiritual. And a lot of people question me on the spiritual realm. They go, well, what do you mean the spiritual realm of everything? And I go, well... And, and some people will say, well, there's no such thing as the spiritual. And, and I'm like, you know, listen, I grew up in science, all right? But the fact of the matter is there are so many things that can't be explained by science, and science will never be able to explain it. They will never be able to explain certain things within the human being that are just beyond uh, scientific study. The fact of the matter is the first thing you learn in science is that there are certain things that are just we're just not able to really scientifically understand, and we never will. And it's okay. And that, that stuff that's left over that we can't understand but yet has an effect. I mean, nobody can really understand faith, right? But it exists and nonetheless, right? And and we all have faith in something. And some people, you know, they believe that science is the answer, right? But you believe that. doesn't necessarily make it true. It just means that that's what you believe. And so a lot of people believe in whatever it is that keeps them centered and keeps them focused. And that can be uh it could be a religion it, it could be whatever that religion might be it might be it could be god or something else and it could be buddha or uh, some people it could be nature some people it's karma some people they believe in themselves but whatever it is that gives you hope or faith that is just the unexplainable but that you believe in it and it seems to work for you that is what you that is what we call the spiritual realms okay so the question is how is that whatever your spiritual realm is how is that really working out for you? Because if if it doesn't center you and it doesn't give you hope and it doesn't give you a sense of peace, then I, I got to ask you: if it's not working, then then you need to find something else, right, to to help fulfill that peace, because there is that side. So you've got these four areas, right? I'll give you four numbers, right? You got physical number, mental number, an emotional number, a spiritual number. So now you put that all together, right? We've got these four numbers, and they're kind of like the legs of a tail and table. And if you're trying to eat off of a 
an uneven table, plate slides off. If the table's too low, uh, it's kind of difficult to eat that way too. So what you what you were doing here is we're just trying to bring you all up evenly, and that way what happens is you have you're more healthy when we're more balanced in all four of those realms. And there, that's a new explanation of what we do every week. And uh, so hopefully that makes sense to you, and and we'll be doing that every week so that we check in with you to find out how well you're doing in in those four areas of life. And that leads me to today's show. Uh, by the way. Let me let's talk about today's show, right? And and the reason why is because today's show is a bit different. I was going to interview uh, somebody. Actually, had somebody scheduled an interview, and this typically happens in the summer, where sometimes, well, not typically, but sometimes in the summer, what happens is people will not. Uh, you book the guest, and then people don't show up, and you you reach out to them or reach out to them. You have their number, and they're not responding, and. For whatever the reason is, they could be on vacation, they could be out on a business trip, could be they could be out speaking somewhere. I completely understand that, but in this case, something very bizarre happened, and that was that the guest that I booked for today uh, was part of a publicist. Uh, for those of you who don't understand how the book world works, so uh, many of us have a publicist, and what they do is they book us on shows. Like myself, I have somebody who books me on radio shows and podcasts and things like that, and. So what happened is uh, this publicist who booked this person suddenly died. I, I know, right? Crazy enough. Uh, and sadly enough. And so what happened once uh, once this publicist died, I've been had I had a difficult I was trying to reach him and reach him and I thought we had something going and then it just didn't happen at the last minute. So what does that mean for today's show? Well, today's show is going to be great because here's why. I wrote this book. <laughs> it's called Lessons from the Farm, Essential Rules for Success. And I would really love to talk to you about it because I, I've i written, this is my fourth book that I've written and I love this book. I, I love all the books I've written, but this book in particular, I really love and it's a, a fabulous book. And so we're going to talk about uh, Lessons from the Farm, Essential Rules for Success today. And I want to help you uh, be a little more successful based on the lessons that I learned from being on the farm in a small community in Ithaca, Nebraska. So uh, we're going to talk about lessons from the farm, essential rules for success today, and we're going to do that. And by the way, uh, we'll be right back after this. So you know who my sponsors are, right? My sponsors are uh, inline business brokers and advisors, right? And here's the beautiful thing about inline business brokers and advisors. Inline business brokers and advisors partner with business owners when it's time to sell their business. Okay, when it's time to sell your business, contact the professionals at Inline Business Brokers and Advisors, and you can learn more by going to inline.com. That's E-N-L-I-G-N.com, and Linda Craft and Team Realtors. Doesn't matter where you're at in the world, Linda Craft can help you uh, find your next home or help you sell your home. And if you happen to be in the Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill area, they can help you absolutely you know, personally and right, right here in the area that I live in and can help you find or sell your, your next dump, buy or sell your next home. And you can, you can learn more by going to lindacraft.com. It's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T.com and the t-shirt shot of the week. Yes, I'm wearing this pink shirt, right? Because this is the shirts that are worn by the crews at Yardology and Yardology is great. They're a landscaping company. They do a lot of commercial 
landscaping for uh, large developments and uh, they're fantastic. Uh, they actually did some work for me at my house here and I have this beautiful outdoor kitchen with a fire pit and it's absolutely gorgeous. So they do hardscape landscape and uh, their work is absolutely outstanding. I can vouch for it because it looks absolutely gorgeous. So uh, thank you for the t-shirt, Yardology. We appreciate you very much. And we're back with this book. So I wrote this book, Lessons from the Farm, Essential Rules for Success. And the reason why I wrote this book is because I really felt that uh, as looking back in my own life, I always felt that this book, there, there was this book in here that said, well, why have I been able to do everything that I'm able to do? Why is it that I'm able to speak in front of thousands of people? Why is it that I'm able to coach an executive? Why is it that I wear boots and belt buckles and hats to this day? Why is it that uh, I can just jump into things and not seem to fear doing it uh, or do it even if I am afraid? And I kept looking back and I kept realizing that I had learned so many lessons from being a farmhand in Nebraska. And a lot of people don't understand what being a farmhand is. So my parents lived in this little town of about, at that time, was about 119 people in uh and what would happen is when you're a little boy in a farming community like that, what happens is the farmers come around and they will, you know, call your mom up and say, I hear, I know you have a son. I know he's about nine years old. Uh, you know, put him to work. And, uh, you know, my mom was like, really? <laughs> I'm sure she was like, wow, you mean I don't have to babysit him? No, I mean, we're going to throw, we're going to throw you in the back of this pickup truck and we're going to take you on the farm. We're going to teach you how to do farm work. So I was a little boy when I got introduced to doing farm work. And I have to be honest with you, when you're little and young and you're being introduced to all this stuff. It is a, it's a really u- unique experience because you got to remember, I have no, I didn't grow up on a farm, right? I mean, I literally, it was one of those things where I grew up um, learning to be, to do what it was like on the farm. So my very first day uh, in farm work was actually what we call walking soybeans, right? And walking soybeans is literally you have this large uh, two and a half feet to three feet, uh, like I guess it's two and a half feet, two and a half feet machete with a sharp blade. And what you do is you walk down the rows of soybeans and you cut the weeds out of soybeans. Well, if you're a little boy uh, carrying this around, uh, this large knife around, and you're in the middle of a soybean field and you're cutting, first of all, remember they tell you kids don't run with scissors. I'm not sure the wisdom of giving a nine-year-old, nine, ten-year-old boy a large knife and then telling him to swing it uh, wildly, uh, which we weren't. It was to really keep it under control. But that was what I learned to do, was to walk beans. And that was some of the first work uh, that I, I remember doing on the farm. And it was hot, and it was uh, it was very, very different. And But I wanted to do it. And the reason why I wanted to do it is because I I have my my best friend growing up. His name is Russell Murray, and he listens to the show regularly, and I'm grateful that he does. So thanks, Russ. But he he was the only boy that I grew up with. And I grew up with him from the time I was three years old in this little town. And when he went to work, um, he was not there to, to play. So 
we um, what ended up happening was uh, I decided to go to work on the farm and and so we worked for the same farmer for a while and I learned to do all sorts of things I learned to you know you know literally cut weeds out of beans and move irrigation pipe uh, yeah there was a pipe the pipe could be three four to eight inches and we'd move this here or 10 inches in in diameter and we moved this pipe through the fields so that we could irrigate the rows with water and so we'd move irrigation pipe and uh, we would do all sorts of things we work with pigs or cows or sometimes horses and things like that and we'd throw hay bales which meant that we would take hay bales and we would you know they'd come on the tractor and then we'd we'd stack them on a stack and then we'd throw them from the stack up into the to the barn and and so we would be doing these things and this is how I learned to do the work well all this work that I did on the farm learned to do it was a farm hand right because I would have to you know the farmer would either pick me up or my mom or dad would drop me off at the farm and and or the farmer would come you know like I said come pick me up or something and then what I would do is I'd go work on the farm all day so a lot you know especially in the summer so we'd go out there all summer and I played baseball just like the other kids so on baseball days maybe I'd get a day off or maybe you'd just work a half a day right because games would be in the evening because it was too hot in Nebraska to do that so that was generally what we would do every day in in on the farm well there was a lot of lessons I learned and so I wrote this book lessons from the farm essential rules for success because I felt like these are lessons that people could relate to that uh, would help them in their life become more successful, develop them as leaders, and allow them to maybe grow outside of themselves. Uh, because I felt like it was really important that people understood that, uh, you know, I, uh, who I am today is largely a result of what I learned on the farm. But not only that, but it was also a result of the men that I worked for that spoke into my life. And there was a lot of great farmers that had a lot of impact on my life. And I think one of the things uh, that I encouraged throughout the book, and I don't care if you're male or female, but one of the things I really, really encourage you to do uh, in your life is I really encourage you to mentor young people. And, and when I mean mentor, I don't mean that you have to be around these people all the time, but I mean, be purposeful about finding young people and encouraging them to do something bigger than they than they are doing right now. And it's really, really important that you understand that what, as an adult, you know, these adults, you know, there were men, you know, I talk about in the book, Alan Nigren was incredible spiritual influence on me at a very tough time in a 14 year old's life. And I worked for him for a little bit, little bit, but, and Bob Lilydahl, who I worked for, um, the majority of my time growing up in my most formative years, actually spent more time with him than I did with my dad. That's really the truth. Uh, but those, those men, uh, took me under the wing. And what they did is they encouraged me. They pushed me. They taught me lessons to help me grow and to be the, be the man I am today. And so I, I, I couldn't be that without them. And I think one of the things we miss in society is that, you know, we complain so much about, oh, the younger generation. We complain, 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 complain. But, you know, I got to ask you a question. When was the last time you just decided to take one of these young people under your wing and help them grow? I mean, it's a good question, right? 
I mean, when, when is the last time you literally found a, a younger person and said, look, I know that we got off to rough start. I know you don't know me real well, but I would like to teach you what I know because I know that what I know can help you be um, even better than you are right now. Because I think what happens is we spend so much time complaining about another generation that what we don't do is we don't uh, take the time to invest into the other generation. Instead, what we do is we we complain because it's easier, right? Because now what I'm saying is that when I have to invest time in these young people, I actually have to be committed to their welfare. I have to be committed to their physical, mental, emotional, and yes, even perhaps spiritual side of their lives, right? I'm, I'm, it means that I can't, I'm not trying to tell them what to do. I am trying to grow them into being a better person, more well-rounded person, right? And that's what these men did for me, right? And and when you, like if you were to ask Bob Lillydahl, who I worked for, if you were to ask him, wow, you really spent a lot of time, he would say to you, I, I really didn't know. I, I just didn't, <laughs> he says to me to this day, he said, I just didn't want to screw you up, <laughs> is what he says to me. And he didn't. I mean, he was sometimes stern with me and, and not in a bad way, it was like, you know, he would say things like, you know, I expected more out of you. I expected you to do more. I know that you're capable of doing more. I, and, and he expected me to do those things. And so when, when he, he would, when he would do those things and he would also be the person who would say, great job, you know, that was really a good job. This is everything that you did was great. Wow. That was really great. That's a great job. That was original. Or he would, he would encourage me in a variety of different ways. And so Having those mentors are so really, really important. So the people, listen, I just want to just encourage you, right? If just invest some time, right? I'm not telling you that you have to be committed to it every day, right? Because I know we're, we get busy, but you know, instead of complaining about a younger generation and that they're entitled, why don't you spend some time teaching them what you know? Why don't you spend some time encouraging them into being the type of person that they can be? Why don't you spend some time empowering them? Right. I mean, one of the things that Bob did is he really empowered me. Right. A lot of people don't understand what it means, but he really did empower me. I mean, and, and what that means is he gave me power to make my own decisions and he allowed me to fail. Okay. I mean, he, he allowed me to fail, not only fail, he allowed me to fail and fall flat on my face is what he, he allowed me to do. Folks, I know that that sounds really risky, but I got to tell you something. How freeing is it to know that you can fall flat on your face and fail at your job and nobody's going to fire you? What they're going to do is they're going to teach you how to do it better, right? This would be an easier way to do it. I can't tell you how freeing that is. I was, the, the reasons why these lessons, the lessons from the farm are so powerful is because I was allowed to try without fear of repercussion. And that is a beautiful thing when you are allowed to try without fear of repercussion. All I had to do was try, right? I mean, as long as Bob saw me that I was working hard and trying to give the best effort I could, he didn't ask me for more. Now, he may correct me on how I could be more efficient, but he, he never threatened me. 
I never was threatened with, if you don't do this, you're fired. Was, you know, if you don't, no, I, I was, sometimes the, the only directions Bob might give me or another farmer would give me is, here's what you need to do. And I would say, how do you want to, how do you want me to do that? Make, you make, you figure it out. <laughs> so here I'd have to figure it out on my own. How cool is that? And then he'd come by and, and he might see how I'm getting along here and he might say something to you. Okay, well, I can see you're working hard and that you're trying, but let's talk about how we can make this more efficient. You know, I mean, he would, he would, you know, like sometimes Bob would teach me about physics, right? And he would say something about, okay, where's the weight of this thing at? You know, you're trying to carry this. So let's talk about the physics and the weight and the weight, because you could probably carry more than you think you are. It's just that you don't have it centered or, you know, whatever it might be. So it might be chemistry, it might be physics, it might be electricity. He was teaching me these little things, little bits and pieces at a time. And so what was happening was I was getting mentored by someone who knew it. And so Bob was part of that. And so when I wrote this book, Lessons from the Farm, uh, Essential Rules for Success, which by the way is available, uh, it's available everywhere. So you feel free to purchase it everywhere. And I will let you know that uh, the book is going to be out in Audible by the end of August of 2019. So this month, uh, you'll be able to find the Audible book as well, and that will be available. So for those folks who you like to listen to books, um, I actually read the book too, by the way. And so uh, I read the book, and so it's available on Audible as well. But one of the reasons I wrote this book was because those those, those men that I worked for at different times on the farm were really, really uh, such an important part of my life in being able to uh, be who I am today. And I just feel like we need to do the same thing back. I feel like we need to give back. We need to be able to give back to people by giving them, uh, the, by mentoring them back. And and so instead of complaining, let's, let's do some mentoring. Speaking of let's doing some mentoring, let's do this right now. So our sponsor is Inline Business Brokers and Advisors, and you've known that they're internationally known from all over the world. So if you are a business owner at some point, uh, you're going to say, you know what, I need somebody to sell my business. So who, who do you call? Who do you, if you own a business, who do you call to sell your business? Well, you call Inline Business Brokers and Advisors, right? And, and literally, just just. You, you can find out more about them at inline.com. That's E-N-L-I-G-N.com. Because here's what they know. Selling your business is a huge decision. It's not a little. It's a huge because you've invested so much time in it. It's your business. It's your baby. So make sure you build your deal team starting with the experts at Inline Business Brokers and Advisors. They, they simply are the best of the best. And they are the experts. So you can learn more by going to inline.com. That's E-N-L-I-G-N.com. And then also Lindacrafted Team Realtors. Look. Look, they have been around for 34 years, and there's a reason why they are known as the legends of customer service when it comes to real estate. So when it comes time to sell or buy your home, why don't you contact the folks at Linda Craft and Team Realtors? They can help you out, and it doesn't matter where you're in the world. They'll find an expert, even even though they're in the Research Triangle Park here in North Carolina. If you live in another part and you go, man, I really want to find the best real estate professional here in my area, contact Linda Craft uh, and team and they will help you find the absolute best real estate uh, person in your area to help you sell or buy your next home. And you can learn more by going to lindacraft.com. That's L-I-N-D-A, Linda, craft, C-R-A-F-T, dot com. And you can learn more. And they're bringing you a new direction uh, today. 
And we're back here with a new direction. I'm talking about my book, uh, Lessons from the Farm, Essential Rules for Success. And the reason why we're talking about that today is because I had a guest who canceled out at the last moment uh, due to some tragic circumstances. And so uh, we're, we're talking about the book and I'm talking about why I wrote this book and what the book's about and how it can encourage you along the way. So lessons from the farm. Uh, let's just go through maybe some of these lessons that maybe can help you and understand why I, I do what I do today. The, the very first lesson in the book, it's really interesting. The very first lesson in the book is sometimes you must do things afraid. It's really interesting in my life that I am doing things today that I have never taken <laughs> I've never taken a course for in college or grad school. So it's a true story. I have so podcasting and radio stuff, of course radio existed, but podcasting didn't exist when I graduated college. Even when I graduated grad school, it didn't exist. And uh, I said, you know, I want to do this radio podcast thing. And I've never taken a class in broadcasting ever. I had done some broadcasting. Matter of fact, I had done a weekly show on syndicated radio. I do radio interviews and have been for the last five years. I have interviewed some of the most amazing talent in the world uh, on other people's shows, believe it or not, I'm never having taken a class. In this, and so I'd say I'm going to do this podcasting thing, and and I'm going to do it. And somebody said, "Well, what do you know about?" It? I said, "I don't know anything about." It. So what I did is I just read as much as I could, and I and I just bought the right equipment, and I jumped in, and started doing it. And here we are, over a year later, downloaded in over 25 countries around the world, and we keep growing all the time. Uh, we are on the Oak 93.5 in Raleigh. North Carolina, one of it's just a great station. If and some of you are listening on the Oak ninety three point five, thank you for listening to us. Please let the station manager know that you love my show. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, but we, but I, I, I never had taken a class to do this. But I did it even though I was afraid to do it. I, I got to be honest with you, it's terrifying to have to get in front of an audience. And go, okay, I'm about to either interview somebody or what I'm doing right now, right, is I'm having to do my own show on me. <laughs> and, and people go, well, aren't you nervous? And I learned something, and I know this is not going to be popular when it comes to this. And I learned something here, and I and I really agree, it, agree with it. There was, uh, of course, a shock jock uh, back in the 70s, and he got dismissed from WCBS. His name was Don Imus. And it was Imus in the morning. And some of you who are older would remember them. Some of you younger would not know who he is. But he literally broadcasted for 50 years. And his he always said that he knew that there was one person listening all the time. And so he always spoke to that one person. And I really have taken that to heart that regardless of what I'm doing on the air, whether I am interviewing an author or whether I'm doing what I'm doing here. I always feel like I'm talking to one person and I don't know who it is. I don't know who you are, but I always feel like even though there may be hundreds or thousands listening, um, I always have said, you know, I'm, I'm just going to talk to one person because I know that what we're doing here on a new direction is about helping one person change in a way that they never changed before. That's the goal of the show. That's what I do. And so 
I, what I do here is I, I literally am talking to somebody and I know I am. And, and that's, and, and I bring my authors in from all over the world to help me do the same thing and help encourage you in your life or your business or your career as well. So that was, so I've always taken that to heart and, and I jumped in and did this afraid because I was scared to death of doing a podcast on my own. I did it. And then I had to write a book. And the story in writing a book, right? This is my fourth book, by the way. Lessons from the Farm is the fourth book. My, my first book is translated in Arabic, of all things. It's in the Library of Congress, right? It's just crazy, silly stuff. But the fact of the matter is, is that uh, the book writing thing, I got a C-plus in remedial English in college. That's a, that's a fact, right? But I had somebody who told me, you need to write a book. Because I wanted to, I love speaking to audiences, which by the way, I've never taken a speech class, right? And I speak to audiences all over the world, right? I, and I speak to thousands of people and I speak all over. I've never taken a speech class, right? And I, and, and I get invited to speak regularly. And so, uh, by the way, you know, that that's something I do. And so I'm often asked to speak. And so somebody said, well, how did you get into speaking? Why well, a friend of mine who is uh, uh, Alex Sharfin, who is a very successful guy um, and has remade himself, I don't know how many times, but is just phenomenally successful, gave me 30 minutes of his time. And his time is expensive. It's probably $1,000, $2,000 an hour just to have an hour of his time. That's how expensive he is. But he gave me his time for free. And I said, look, I want to speak because I knew he had been on a speaking tour. And he said, write a book. That terrified me. But I wrote my first book and called Got Social Mediology and I wrote my first book and then that led to speaking engagements and people would go, man, doesn't getting in front of people uh, when you speak, doesn't that terrify you? Actually, no. If, if you were to tell me the truth of the matter is when I'm in front of people is when I'm the most comfortable. Is I am more comfortable in front of talking to a group, a large group of people of a thousands of people. I'd rather be standing up in front of thousands of people talking than anything else. It's the one place that I feel like I was meant to be there. And I enjoy that. Well, doing all of this, right? And then coaching, I coach executives and I coach, uh, I do some life coaching and I coach executives as well. The, all of the doing all of this is a result of, because I learned, and this is in chapter one, that sometimes you have to do things afraid. And, and, and you go, well, how did you learn that lesson? Well, here's the truth of this lesson. It's kind of funny. And by the way, this is probably the only show that we'll ever talk about this. So the fact of the matter is when you're a farmhand on a farm, one of the things that you have to do is that we have to castrate hogs. All right. So there are male hogs that we call boars, right? And when you castrate, by the way, this is great information for you. If you're ever at a party and you're you feeling like the party's a little bit dull, this will, this will pick up the party. So you could say something like this at the party. Hey, did you know? that uh, a male pig is called a boar. And they go, oh, really? And do you know that a castrated male pig is called a barrow? There you go. I mean, who who would have thunk that, right? Well, that's what happens. And, and so we have to castrate hogs. For those of you who don't know what castration is, this is basically we're removing the gonads of the male pig. All right, that's what we have to do. We literally have to cut the gonads out and, and do that. At that time, of course, we'd do something... They, they do, it's just very different today than it was then. And so we have to do that. And it's part of the process. Now, I'm not going to go into whole detail because I don't think you need to know all the details. Here's what you need to know, all right? 
First of all, when you're in that situation, and we have to do this about three or four times a year, when you're in that situation where you are, we're having to cut uh, cut hogs and we're having to castrate hogs like that. When we're doing that, you have to understand these pigs are very agitated. So there's a lot of movement and screaming. It's a little disconcerting, especially if you've never done this before. And so this is my first time. I must have been 12 years old, maybe. And so uh, Bob Lilydell, who I worked for, had a big hog farm at the time. And he he would say, okay, this is what you're going to do. You're going to grab the right we're going to we're going to reach over, you're going to grab the right front leg, you're going to pull the pig over, you're going to straddle that leg, and then he was going to sit down on his haunches and then he was going to cut, do the cutting. Right? Cuz the last thing you probably want is a 12-year-old to cut uh, you know, be cutting the pig, right? To do what you need to do. So, <laughs> so he, he explains to me the situation and some of these pigs are bigger than others. Some of them, some of them are not very big. But the whole idea that you've got these screaming pigs and they're running around and they're all kind of like doing all these things and you got to reach over, you got to pull this pig up and then you have to sit on it and with your knees straddling the leg. When you've never done that before, I'm just going to tell you something. It, it was a little frightening, not, not a little, a lot. So he said, come on, you're up. And I, I was just like, oh, right. I mean, I was just so scared. And I remember my knees getting weak. I can still remember how I almost fell fell down trying to step towards this hog to go pull him over, right? And I I took one step after another, and I just knew I had to be committed to doing that and because I had to do it, and it was because I had no choice. And so with every step, I just got more committed. I'm going to do this, and I'm still scared, by the way. But I'm going to do this. Even though I'm scared, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I reached down. I pulled the pig up. I straddled the pig. I, I Holding the leg. I'm straddling. The pig is fighting me like crazy. Bob gets down on one knee, cuts cuts the gonads out. And then, you know, then, then what happens is they spray that area with iodine, all right, to cleanse the wound. Then the screaming starts, okay? That's when the screaming really starts. Okay, so that whole process is incredibly frightening to a 12-year-old kid. But let me tell you something. I did it afraid. Because even while I was holding on, and I was probably sweating bullets, and I can still remember holding on to the even the very first pig I ever did, I can remember how scared I was that first time. And it was such a valuable lesson, because what I find is in life is that there are so many things that I've had to do afraid. And that the same is true for you. Because you see, the fact of the matter is, is that if you're waiting for fear to go away, fear is not going to go away. Okay? And so what happens is people get paralyzed by fear. And so when they're paralyzed by fear, and maybe you're one of them, that you're paralyzed by fear. When you, when you get paralyzed by fear, you get stuck. And you won't do anything. And then what happens is when you're not doing anything, you, 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 can't, you can't grow. So that lesson was so important that you just have to do things afraid. So how do you do that? Well, one of the things that I learned in that is, you know, my fear didn't go away just because I got closer to the pig. Matter of fact, the closer I got to the pig, the more my fear actually, my heart rate was probably going higher. But I was more committed. To the process. 
And that's th- th- every step I got closer, I got more committed. I may have been more afraid, but I was getting more committed as I was getting stepping closer and closer to the pig. And so what, what you have to do, and I don't care what it is. I don't care if you're making a career change. I don't care if you're making a life change. I don't care what it is. You can have the fear. Okay, you can have the fear. But what you have to do is you have to be committed to whatever you're doing. Period. Right? If you're a salesperson, right, and and you're and you just do not make uh, phone calls because you're afraid of the rejection. And by the way, I wish more of you salespeople would just admit that. That you're just afraid of being rejected. You hate doing no. You hate the arguments. You hate the confrontation. You hate doing it. Just admit it. All right? It's okay to admit it. That you're afraid of it. Right? You're afraid. You're afraid. But the fact of the matter is if you'll just commit to it. And what I tell salespeople to, when I do sales training, what I tell salespeople to do is I tell them, I go, look. Have the numbers right in front of you that you're going to call. Right? All the clients. Have those numbers right in front of you. You pick up the phone and you just dial. Because here's here's what'll happen is if if you start thinking about what you're gonna say, you won't do it. But if you will pick up the phone, hold it in your hand, and just start dialing the number and then bring it up to your ear, it's amazing what you will do. But have the list of numbers right next to you. Don't don't go searching because here's here's the thing. If you have to go out and search for the numbers, you'll never do it. Right? Because you go, oh, there's the first one. No, no, no. If, if you get a list, you have 20 numbers and you're going to work through those 20 numbers or whatever the number is, all right? Because those those numbers that you work through, you will get better and better. And by the way, let me tell you the rest of the story. The rest of the story is this. When I got past that first pig, right, the fact of the matter is when I got past the first one, I couldn't wait to do the second one. Because what happened was it became a challenge. And not only it became a challenge, I didn't want to do a small pig. Oh, no. I wanted the biggest pig we could find. What, we got to have bigger pigs. I, I, wanted to go, I wanted to go big here. Because what happened was once I got, once I recognized that I could do it afraid, it was no longer as fearful. And then it became this challenge of going, oh, now I'm going to win. See, this is the beauty about doing things afraid. The beauty about doing things afraid is that when once you do things afraid, right, then the next thing becomes a challenge that you want to win. And that and that's the beauty. And that's that's chapter one. The book is titled Lessons from the Farm, Essential Rules for Success. And it's it's available everywhere books are sold, by the way. Uh, if they don't have it on the shelf, you can certainly order it, but it's certainly available on Amazon and it's coming out on Audible and Kindle and everything else. But we'll be right back with Lessons from the Farm right after this. And we're gonna talk uh, we're, we're, we're talking here about lessons from the farm. So here's the thing. So inline business brokers and advisors have literally helped thousands of clients in the sale and purchases of businesses. And by the way, the people know them from all over the world. They're, they're that well known, right? I, I say they're internationally known because it's really true. People from all over the world know about inline business brokers and advisors. So when it's time to sell your business, and you will, you will at some point you're going to want to sell your business. You're going to either want to change businesses, you want to sell it, or maybe you grew it to sell it, or maybe it's time to you know you want to go on to you know the, you know other pastures. Well, so be it. 
why not contact the professionals at Inline Business Brokers and Advisors? It's really easy. You just go to inline.com. It's E-N-L-I-G-N.com. And that's how you get a hold of them and, and they are outstanding. And then Linda Crafted Team Realtors. Listen, Linda Crafted Team Realtors has been doing real estate for over 30 Four years. That's absolutely true. And there's a reason. When you're in business doing real estate for 34 years, it means that you've been doing business, you've been doing real estate right, right? I mean, that's just the truth. You've been, you're doing real estate right if you're still in business 34 years through the 80s, through the 90s, through the recessions, whatever the high interest rates, and you're able to be at the top of the heap through all of that. Okay, because when the market's great, anybody can be a real estate person, right? But when the market's tough and you still are able to say, "I'm still at the top of my game," right? That's just something about those people. Right, because you know why those people know how to get through the tough times, and they know how to be successful in tough times, and that's what Linda Craft and Team Realtors do. There's a reason that that they are known for being the legends in customer service when it comes to real estate. So why not find out more about Linda Craft and her team by going to lindacraft.com. It's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T.com. And we're back here on A New Direction, and uh, my name is Jay Izzo, and we're talking about my book, Lessons from the Farm. Uh, for those of you who are joining us late. But we've, we had a little bit of a glitch today, all right? So I was supposed to interview somebody today on, uh, on, on another book. The problem was last minute, this person had to cancel out. And so uh, I had to come up with something. And it was very hard to get anybody to come on the show at the uh, very last second and moment. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to interview myself about the book. And actually what I'm doing is I'm kind of telling you about why I wrote this book, Lessons from the Farm, which is the brand new book that I just released. And it's called Essential Rules for Success. And I'm uh, talking about some of the things in the book that I believe are, are helpful to um, to helpful to uh, other people. One, one of the other chapters I have in here is you, you have to perse- persevere through pain. You know, it's really interesting that when you're on the farm, one of the things that is absolutely true is that you're going to be in pain. <laughs> you're going to get kicked. You're going to get bit. Uh, you're going to get uh, hit by a two-by-four, uh, which I've had happen. Uh, you're going to step on a nail. You're going to... Um, there's just... you're a, a, a piece of wire, bailing wire, is going to snap, and you're going to get whacked. Uh, you're going to get... Uh, you're going to walk through a cornfield in the morning, and you're not going to have your long sleeve shirt on, and your skin gets wet and the leaves from the corn leaves start cutting your arms and and uh, you get a little bit cut up and so you're you're going to get pain right and one of the things that you learn uh, being on the farm that I take with me today is that you have to you, you have to persevere through the pain uh, physically uh, but not just physically mentally emotionally too you have to persevere through the pain and I don't think we do that very good, but because we we have a tendency to want when we when we hurt, do you know what our tendency to do is to stop, right? And I'm so glad for that lesson from the farm about you know what you wake up you're sore you you're gonna perse- persevere through it because for those people who can persevere through pain, those are the people who become more successful. I I absolutely know that when people can <clears throat> absolutely go through the pain of whatever they're dealing with. Those are the people who are going to be who's going to be the most successful, and why is that? It's because because we're all going to experience tough times, and and there's going to be things that are going to hurt you. People are going to hurt you, okay? Because they're human, all right. You're gonna you're gonna get hurt mentally or emotionally, all right. 
and you you have to be able to persevere. You know what? Your body is going to hurt. Okay, if if you are doing like exercising, like I talked about early in the show, right? If you're doing exercises and things like that, your body's going to hurt. Right? I mean, it's part of it's part of what's going to happen. But you have to be able to persevere through that pain. Right? I'm not talking about injury. Okay, injury is one thing. Right? I mean. I'm not talking about like you broke your leg and you're going to still walk in your leg. I'm not talking about that, right? I'm talking about pain, all right? Because pain pain hurts, right? And we have to deal with pain. But you know, what I know is this, and I learned this very early on, that when you lean into the pain, it's the fastest way to get through the pain. It really is true that you just got to lean into it, man. And you got to, and, and ladies and gentlemen, sometimes you, you got to take the pain head on, Right to get through it faster. I've, I learned this uh, little thing about buffaloes and cows that somebody told me. Uh, I don't know how many years ago it was, but the but there's a difference between the way buffaloes and cows deal deal with a with a storm, right? They have a storm. Evidently, I've never seen this firsthand, but this is what I'm told. The, evidently, what happens is when a storm comes, a cow will run away from the storm, right? They they just run away, but a buffalo when a storm comes, runs directly into the storm. Because what's going to be the fastest way to get through the storm? Right? I mean, running away from the storm, you're eventually, the storm's going to hit you eventually because you're not going to outrun a storm. Right? But when you go through the storm, right, the storm ends faster. And I typically found that when it came to pain on the farm and pain in my life is that if I tried to avoid the pain or if I tried to run away from the pain, the pain was still going to be there. Right? If I tried to cover the pain with something else, the pain was always going to remain there. Right? So you know, a lot of people self-medicate and do all sorts of things to try to deal with their pain. The fact of the matter is when you, when you just absolutely deal with the pain itself and you walk right into it and you, and you persevere through it, that's when your greatest successes can occur. And so what I really want to encourage you, whoever you are out there, is that I, I know that you're probably going through pain. I, I know that it could be mental pain. It could be a relationship pain. It could be job pain. It could be a physical pain, whatever it may be. And I know that it can be that. But let me just say something to you. Face it. Go through it. Right? Don't Don't avoid it. Don't try to medicate it. Don't try to walk through it. Because when you, when you walk through that, when you are able to persevere through the pain, that is when you're going to reach your greatest successes in life. I know that to be true. The hardest moments that I have in my life are the moments that I've, I know in the bottom of my heart that the hardest the moment, the harder the moment is, I know that there's success on the other side. Because what happens when the storms go away, right? There's usually sunshine at the end. And that's the way life really works, is life really works in that way that when things are the hardest, don't run away from it. Don't self-medicate it. Run into it. Persevere through the pain. Persevere through it because on the other side of it is something amazing and awesome. Well, my time is about up here. So listen, I've had a great time with you today and I hope you have too. You know, I always say, you know, what's the new direction? Well, I think I gave you a whole bunch of new directions today, right? And we've been talking about my book, uh, the latest book called Lessons from the Farm, Essential Rules for Success. And it's not a very long read. It's actually a very short read. You can probably read it in a few hours. 
But there's 20 lessons, and I gave you a few of them here today. Uh, there's 20 lessons that you could take with you that I'm telling you these lessons that I learned from the farm, you can apply to your own life in a very practical way. So that what you can do is you can get a new direction in your life, in your, or your career, or your business, but they will serve you well. I promise you they will. Uh, you can find the book everywhere. It's not hard. And the Audible book will be coming out here at the end of the month, here in August. So check that out as well, and I appreciate that when you do. Folks, you know what I say to you. You know, it, it, you know today was an unusual show because I was supposed to have a guest. It didn't happen, and it was a challenge, and that's okay, right? We just walk through the storm together. So you helped me persevere through, this, through my storm today, and I thank you for joining me. I thank all of you everywhere around the world for joining me today because uh, you joining me, uh, whoever you are, that I hopefully encouraged you and inspired you and helped you do something. And, and let me know. Right, it's very easy to get a hold of me. Just let me know. Let the let ninety let the oak ninety three point five. Let them know uh, that you heard the show. By the way, uh, we are on uh, the oak ninety three point five in Raleigh, North Carolina. So uh, if you are in the area, you can do that. But if you want to listen, we're on Thursdays at four p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can just go to oak nine three five dot org. That's oak o a k nine three five dot org, and you can listen to the replay of the show on Thursdays at four p.m. So I want to thank everybody who's been out there listening. I appreciate you so much. And you know what I say, be inspired. Because when you're inspired, that means you will inspire others. And when you're inspiring others, they in turn will inspire someone else. And that can make this world an amazing place. And what more can we ask for that? All right, everybody, I will talk to you soon next week with another great guest. I promise you this time, as I say every week. Ciao, everybody. And the answers don't make sense You got to keep your hope alive You got to know you can survive This is your time to find A new direction, a brand new day A new direction, things are gonna change Dreams will take you places you have never been before Find your passion, find your strength